0: hey everyone john here just a quick word of warning uh we will be spoiling this film in its entirety so if you have not seen this film and you don't want it spoiled for you uh just hit pause real quick and go and watch the movie and then come back and enjoy the show what's your
1: favorite scary movie oh come on you know i don't watch that shit why
0: not too scared
1: no
0: The surviving Chick Flicks. I'm John. John.
1: And I'm Sammy.
0: And we're back once again wrapping up kind of our spooky movie month. Uh and once again we have our guests returning, uh, Karen, Mindy, and Mark.
3: Hello. Hello.
0: Hello. <laughs> All right, and I think this one was an easier sell than last week's movie. (laughs) Uh, uh, But And in fact, I think this is the first one I reached out to y'all to tell y'all about to see if anyone might want to join. And uh, today we are talking Scream.
4: Yay! Yeah,
0: Yeah. not the hardest of sells, was it? (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs>
2: oh I man, it took a while to convince me. I got to be
0: honest. <laughs> yeah, mostly, because mostly it took for, uh, you a while to see your direct messages.
1: <laughs> There's Fair a lot enough. on our list. Yeah. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, um, and this was uh, really the first one I thought about whenever we were sort of planning. We kind of have our first year planned, but nothing set in stone. But whenever I got permission to do. October, my first thought was Scream. And sadly, my second thought was Sleepaway Camp.
4: <laughs> and everything else
0: is kind of
5: secondary. It's the dream realized. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, start starting pretty soon, my payback is on the way. <laughs> cool.
1: Starting November 1st. It's all Christmas all the time. Nice.
0: <laughs> nice. I'm just going to stop doing this show for a month or two and you can call my parents and talk all the Christmas movies you want. Uh-uh. I I literally went to my parents' house today for lunch and they were watching a Hallmark Christmas movie and I'm just like, "Oh my god.
4: Oh man,
0: <laughs> they are story. ready."
2: <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, But you know well, what, but the way this year has been going, if someone wants to start Christmas now,
1: <laughs> you go right ahead.
0: It just means our national nightmare is almost over.
1: <laughs> You've got to hand it to them. You've got to hand it to Hallmark. So I started listening to this podcast that I love called Deck the Hallmark, and it's these three guys that watch Hallmark movies. And Hallmark did not slow down due to COVID. They're still set to release 40 movies this year. Oh, my God. Yeah, Just, well,
0: it's because they film in Canada who took this seriously.
1: <laughs> oh, well, that's true. Although there
2: is a movie filming in Wilmington, North Carolina right now that I think is going to be of interest to us.
0: Oh, yeah?
4: <laughs> yeah. Scream 5 is filming
0: yeah.
4: right now. What? Yeah. Yeah. No yeah.
2: way. <laughs> it is filming yeah. right now in Wilmington, North <laughs> Carolina. That.
3: Yeah. That's so close and to that- you, Karen.
2: It is. And Rachel was like, no. <laughs> I like, what? I actually have family. I have family
3: that
5: lives From the other no. room, it was a resounding no. <laughs> I
0: like, oh, look what they're... No. Can I give you an extra? No.
4: Awesome. <laughs> um, you can never let me have any fun. Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
0: So yeah, so today we are talking Scream, and we're just talking the first Scream, uh, because um, we get four more episodes out of that now. So let's get into it first. We're going to play the trailer, and then we'll get into the discussion. Hello? Hello?
6: Who is this? If
0: you tell me your name, I'll tell you mine.
6: <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm
2: getting ready to watch a video.
6: Really? What?
2: I'm oh, just some scary movie.
6: You like scary movies.
1: Uh-huh.
6: You never told me your name.
1: Why do you want to know my
6: name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game.
3: It all began with a scream over
1: 911.
6: Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello one step too far do you like scary movies what's the point they're all the same some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't
2: act who's always running up the stairs and she should be going out the front door it's insulting
6: there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie number one you can never have sex (laughs) never ever ever under any circumstances say i'll be right back because you won't be back get another beer you want one yeah sure i'll be right back you can make the rules the police are always on track but they watch Palm night and save time he just kills by them don't answer the phone don't open the door don't try to hide
1: so before she says, we get started john <laughs> do you want to remind everybody what a chick flick is
0: that is good because we kind of i've been kind of bad about not uh, reminding everyone but yes So, here's what a chick flick is, uh, because we changed up the definitions to make my life easier, Um, (laughs) and Sammy's life harder. Uh, So, a chick flick is any film that features a strong female lead, which Scream more than qualifies for, any film that is aimed at women in a pandering way, uh, or any film written or directed by a woman, and I was telling my dad that the other day, and... I just pointed out Wayne's World is a chick flick by my, of, by my definition. <laughs> well, I,
2: that is true.
0: Yeah. So, funny. so yeah, so Scream from 1996 starring Neff Campbell, Drew Barrymore, Courtney Cox, Skeet Ulrich, Jamie Kennedy, Rose McGowan. I am blanking on his name because I don't have my notes in front of me. Oh, Matthew Willard.
4: Willard.
0: <laughs> Damn it. Uh, <laughs> David Arquette and directed by Wes Craven. Yeah. So do the thing we always do. When was the first time you saw the scream? And I'm gonna add, I'm gonna start with the super fan, Karen.
2: <laughs> you know, I did you a solid this weekend, John. I went back into my nerdy movie stub collection, which I mm-hmm. used to keep. Oh. And I found I've actually seen this movie four times in the theater. I saw it twice on opening weekend, again the following weekend, and then again on my own two weekends after that. (laughs) So, yeah, I
0: love this movie. (laughs) All right. Uh, Mindy, when did you first see Scream?
3: I feel like I saw it in theaters as well Um, back in the day. It was, I think, my junior year of high school to date myself.
5: All right. Mark? I So, I saw it in theaters as well. I would have been working at the uh, Suncoast Motion Picture Company at the time. Um, so I remember when it hit video as well too, but definitely in theaters.
0: Nice. I, I miss Suncoast. I used to go there uh, <laughs> with my parents when we'd go to the mall in Mesquite. and you know I'd eye all the things you couldn't find in Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my whole paycheck used to go to that damn place I swear
2: and half my yeah. wardrobe came from Suncoast
4: <laughs> nice.
0: yeah I, I remember as a kid they had all the Dark Shadows episodes on video and, and I was just like this is a goal to own and I don't own anything Dark Shadows <laughs> so goal failed
4: oh,
0: alright nice. Sammy uh I, I know I kind of remember when you first saw it but when did you first see it
1: so I want to say and John you might have to help me remember this cuz there's a there's kind of a a backstory that goes along with this but was maybe 4 or 5 years ago cuz I think it's before I went away to school I saw it for the first time and so not long after John and I became friends we were having a discussion with a bunch of our friends and discovered that I there's a whole bunch of classics I have not seen like, a ton, a ton of stuff. I can't even remember what's on our... So we created a list of movies I haven't seen, like Psycho, The Shining. Uh, I can't even remember. And Scream was on this list. So we made it a goal with uh, some friends of ours that we were going to watch all these movies. And Scream was one of the movies on that list. And I think it ended up being one of my favorites that y'all showed me.
0: Yay! I... I think that is correct. You know, I'm, I'm not sure about the four or five years ago, but I know it, we showed it to you because you hadn't seen it, and you know we kind of we kind of started doing that because it's like do it.
1: I said Dracula. There was a bunch on that list. It's embarrassing.
0: Yeah, we we kind of started educating her so she would understand what in the hell we were talking about at the time. <laughs> All right. So I did not see scream uh in theaters when it came out but i saw it on pay-per-view mm. uh, my parent uh my parents finally broke down and got satellite one year because my mom had surgery that she was going to be pretty much having to recover from all summer so that was the summer i learned to uh cook for myself you know do dishes laundry like really kind of learn the basic stuff i should know how to do uh and it was also the summer of the O.J. trial so that was the last summer we didn't have satellite television in our house cuz that was the only shit on television mm. at the time yeah so we got in the habit of ordering a lot of movies via pay-per-view and you know like you know every kid in the v- that grew up in the 80s uh, we had VCRs and we would dub movies off and so we got into the habit of recording a lot of stuff that we would rent and Around the time Scream was hitting pay-per-view, they had announced Scream 2. So mm-hmm. I had one magical VHS that uh, I set to six-hour speed, and I taped Scream. I know what you did last summer, and then saved room for Scream 2 whenever it hit pay-per-view. So I had that on one tape. And when I first saw it, little did I know, I saw the unedited version. which
2: Nice
0: is still not on disc to this day.
2: You know what? I am kicking myself in the ass to this day. I had, speaking of Suncoast, they sold a double-pack VHS set of the theatrical release of Scream in widescreen, and then they had the unrated, unedited version that they had done the director's commentary, writer's commentary on. That is the um, only time I have ever seen the unrated, unedited version. And I, I got rid of it because we don't have a VCR anymore. And I'm kicking myself in the ass for getting rid of it because I've never seen it anywhere else.
0: Yeah. And I, I sadly got rid of that tape. The only uh, cassette from that era that still exists and it's somewhere in storage is the original Star Wars trilogy. Oh. Uh, like.
2: Yeah, I wish I still had those too. <laughs>
0: I, I I found I found those on eBay, so oh. Mazel uh, we'll talk more about that later, <laughs> privately. <laughs> so Scream. So uh, I I watched this movie about four times getting ready for this, and I didn't have to. I you know re- watching it the first time, I realized, oh my god, like so much of this is just forever burned into my brain. But um, I watched a lot of the special features because I have the Blu-ray set, and it's got the uh, two documentaries I made about it as the inside story and still screaming. So I learned a lot of stuff that I think I already knew. But this was kind of the film that gave horror uh, kind of a comeback, because I did go looking into early 90s horror, and you have your highlights in there but there's a lot of garbage that came out between 91 and 96 yeah a lot of it witch board you know, John- <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's interesting that you should say that because i was listening to commentary on the movie and and one of the guys was talking about how he actually got mad at scream because it in his opinion it popularized it again it made it kind of a a cult thing that all of a sudden everybody thought was cool and they were into. Because Scream had this way of meshing comedy and horror. I kind of tried a similar thing, but leaned a little more heavily on the comedy than they did the horror. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, the 90s, the big budget stuff that was coming to that was coming to theaters was more comedy than horror because you know there's and there's nothing you can do to make a movie called dr giggles really scary
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i feel like you like that came from people like sam rainey like when you've got evil dead 2 you've got army of darkness those movies really set a tone and so i think that's where kind of the horror comedy came from even like the Freddy Krueger sequels, like those, yeah. those were hysterical. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I discovered Freddy Krueger through the sequels first, and I didn't realize how intensely dark he was in the original movie. Um, I think I, I started watching the the Nightmare on Elm Street series with the third or the no, it was the fourth. It was Dream Warrior. No, Dream first, Master. Uh, yeah. Dreammaster, ah. and Dreammaster has some like massive scene chewing moments in it. Like they all, yeah. it, but I think from four on, they were just like, we don't really have a script. We just want Robert Englund to come back and, and chew the scenery for a while.
4: Yeah,
0: and uh, I, yeah, I, I, I began Nightmare on Elm Street with the third one, which mm-hmm. to this day is still my favorite because it is that nice balance of the, of the terror of the first film and. The stand-up comedian that Freddie would later become. Yeah, uh, along the way.
2: That's that's my second. It, it's either it's it's kind of tied between that one and New Nightmare um, as my second favorite. Well,
3: I love
4: yeah. New Nightmare.
2: I love Nightmare.
4: Yeah,
5: me too. I haven't oh, watched New Nightmare so in so good. long.
2: Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good.
5: Have you seen like uh, the way Miko Hughes looks now? He's like, it's so funny to see him so much older. I
2: know. I'm like, oh my god. He's little too.
5: He's like he's about my height. Looking like five, 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 six or something like that. It's that like, little
2: oh. boy gave me like awful nightmares. Thank you. I love you. I never want to be alone with you.
5: <laughs> You're so good at it too. Ugh. Yeah. I saw him in
3: like a really schlocky horror movie as an adult and i just couldn't buy it i was just like oh you're the creepy kid from pet Mm cemetery
2: i want to play with you now Mm -mm. Mm -mm. i'm just gonna be in another area code right now (laughs) anyway (laughs) we digress (laughs)
3: yes
0: so scream um was originally called scary movie and god how life would have been different had they kept the name yeah
2: (laughs) what would the wayans brothers have
5: done exactly (laughs)
0: yeah hopefully nothing
3: (laughs) 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 the first scary movie is not terrible (laughs) i
4: think
0: i i think i'm alone in this i detest all of the scary movies I okay i kind of like parts of the second one but as a whole i just
2: oh is the second one with the one the one with what's his name chris You're...
5: chris elliot the tiny hand. hand. yeah yeah
4: uh,
0: i don't
5: so, know why
4: i find that so funny <laughs> i
0: i actually uh um am... I turned on the first scary movie uh, when I saw it in theaters for not being more like Scream.
2: <laughs> well, fair, yeah. fair, fair enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, because uh, Scream is a nice balance of comedy and horror. So, and, you know, I was watching it and realizing there are so many references, subtle references <laughs> to other horror movies. And I'm like, wow, you can reference other things subtly and not do the Kevin Smith, you know, just hit you over the head with the reference.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Which, you know, on the long enough timeline, we will talk about Jay and Silent Bob in this franchise.
2: I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) I just really don't think that's necessary.
0: (laughs) But there... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, spoiler alert, they're in the third film, so we're going yeah. to have to mention
1: them. Oh my god! Well, I, you know what? Coincidentally, that. the first Scream movie I watched, these totally out of order. The first Scream movie I saw was actually number four. And then I went on to see one and two, and I still have not seen three. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't know. I would have said two's the one to skip, but that's just me.
4: (laughs) Really?
0: All right. Well, let's save that for the Scream two and three episodes. That'd be cool. I'm totally
5: down for that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So, for everyone that has not seen this film, uh, of course, uh, I warned you that we're spoiling these. Uh, So, if you still didn't care, so Scream is the story of Sydney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell. She's a high school student. uh that is still suffering um, post-traumatic distress disorder after the violent rape and murder of her mother as and the year anniversary of that is approaching at the same time a killer has started terrorizing the neighborhood, taking out her friends making her, uh, making their way to Sydney. <laughs> so that's kind of the rough you know plot, but you know we'll get into the we'll get into it as we go along everything that happens but we open on drew barrymore who was they okay sammy have you seen psycho yet
1: no i have not
0: okay well mild spoiler they kind of go the psycho route and by putting a giant star in the opening and then taking her out immediately
4: hello
1: Yes, who is this? Mm, who are you trying to reach?
6: What number is this?
1: What number are you trying to reach? I don't know. Well, I think you have the wrong number.
6: Do I It happens. Take it easy.
1: I, I did hear about that in comparison though when I was listening to the uh when I was listening to the commentary, they mentioned that Drew Barrymore actually was up for the role of Sydney, mm-hmm. but she told them how much cooler it would be if I died right away.
2: yeah. Yeah, we can thank Drew for that. I yeah. I
1: love that Drew Barrymore was willing to do that because yeah,
2: the right? opening was so amazing. Yeah, I just yeah. remember we were sitting yeah. there going, uh, "Drew Barrymore just died. What the hell?"
0: <laughs> I and
5: mean, so that, that's a, that's an important leap right there. It's it's yeah. it's put yourself on the line like that and be like, w- "I'm out of the movie." It's like the rest sells itself. You yeah. know? Yeah, that's that's great.
0: And what an effective opening that is! Oh, uh, God, because you know it's it's just so short and so simple, but at the same time, it's just actually even to this day still kind of still kind of terrifying a little bit because <laughs> this kind of shit could really happen, you know? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
0: And uh, I don't have his name in front of me, but the guy that does the voice of the killer is just. Spot on. Perfect. Do you have
1: a boyfriend? Mm. No.
0: You never told me your name.
1: Why do you want to know my name?
6: I want to know who I'm looking at.
1: What did you say?
6: I want to know who I'm talking to.
3: That's not what you
4: said.
6: What do you think I said?
2: I am blanking on his name. Yeah,
3: me too. I had it up on my phone just a minute ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Is it Roger
0: Jackson? Yes. 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 Roger yep. Jackson. Yes.
2: I love so. one of my favorite stories from this movie is when they're filming that scene. So it's back in the day, so you've, you, you they were using actual phone lines to do that. Mm-hmm. And something happened and someone had picked up on the the the, the conversation and had called the police when they heard what Roger Jackson was saying over yeah. the phone line. And it's like, okay, first off, what kind of creeper are you that you're just sitting around listening to people's conversations? Exactly. Did they I pick
3: just, it up on like a baby monitor? Please tell I me guess. yes. I don't know,
2: but I was like, <laughs> what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know if this part is true, but I know during filming uh, they kept him Hidden away from the cast, and yeah. even in the uh, supplemental material, they kind of, you know, put him in, you know, in shadow as to conceal his identity, kind of like you know he's a, you know, anonymous tipster on the on local news. But yeah, I don't, I don't so. know if
2: they carried it throughout the whole trilogy. But yeah, the the cast never met him. The whole time they yeah. were filming the first movie, they never wow. met Roger Jackson.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. He
2: kinda ended up being like, Oh, what was the name of the guy who did the voice for Garfield? He was
0: Oh, Lorenzo Music?
2: Yeah, he was also the voice of the 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 person on um Rhoda. He was their like night security guard or something, and they never saw him. He he never oh. they never saw who this guy was.
0: Wow. <laughs> so um so the Movie kind of begins She she gets a wrong number Call her and He keeps calling back uh, Trying to strike up a conversation Which that You know That should have tipped off that something was wrong Whenever they kept calling back But
1: She um, seems awfully calm for a girl That's home by herself Getting a call from a rando that she doesn't know (laughs) And she seems perfectly comfortable Carrying on a conversation with him She's even flirting with him. Yeah. yeah. Right?
5: Exactly.
2: She'd She's like, I'm home. I don't have anything else going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: Well, well, and when her boyfriend on his way over. So, yeah, you know, she had no reason to suspect this is, you know, doom on the other phone on the other end of the phone. And she said
5: she didn't have a boyfriend at first. What the hell? (laughs) That was part of her flirtiness. She was like, I know. Like, oh no, she didn't. (laughs) She's
0: just a voice on the phone. I know. It's kind of like the
3: internet these days. You can be mm, whoever you want to be.
0: Exactly. And so uh, he starts asking her about scary movies because she says she's getting ready to Watch one and ask the immortal question, what's your favorite scary movie?
4: Well, I'm getting ready to watch a
6: video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary
0: movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? So, <laughs> real quick, just for fun, what's your favorite scary movie, guys?
3: <laughs> the Orphanage.
5: Oh, that's a good one. Nice. Yeah. Any, anyone else?
2: Probably <laughs> would say Halloween. Oh, that's a good one.
5: Yeah, Mine's Exorcist.
4: Mm.
5: I'm going to go with John on that one. It's The Exorcist, followed closely by The Poltergeist, but The Exorcist for sure. Uh,
2: Poltergeist, that was my first.
0: (laughs) Sammy?
1: It's a really, really hard question for me to answer. (laughs) Um, It really is. You have no idea how. You know what? Do you consider mm, Do you consider Alien a horror movie?
4: Yes.
0: Yes. yes. I'm gonna go
1: with Alien. Yeah. Sci-Fi okay. Horror
5: Absolutely,
0: It's actually my third favorite film of
5: all time. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: that or... excellent
5: choice. Yeah.
1: And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> start complete contrast to that, maybe the Blair Witch project, because I also loved that.
2: Oh, I love Blair Witch Project. Oh, uh-huh, that movie yes. scared
1: the ever-loving crap out of me in college. Yeah. It was I, just so brilliant.
2: Yeah. And I I, yeah. I live right near Burkittsville, Maryland. Oh, jeez. And, um, yeah, what yeah. I love most about that movie is there were so many people in this area, like, totally convinced that it was real.
4: And I'm like, yeah,
2: I totally remember when this happened. I'm like, no, you don't. It's not real. <laughs> what the
4: hell? <laughs> it's well, it's the Mandela <laughs> the job effect.
0: of exactly. like yep. spinning
2: it
3: before it came out of making it sound like it really happened. Oh, like, yeah, they they it.
2: was excellent. Yeah, they did yeah. a really good job. I remember watching all those documentaries going, oh, that's hilarious. I was like, that yeah. place doesn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did it. Really Do good
0: they still? Do they still hate that movie up there? Because I know oh, they Burkittsville?
2: did. Oh, oh, yeah, they wow. hate it because yeah. they they spent thousands of dollars replacing the Burkittsville sign because people kept going <laughs> and stealing it. <laughs> they
0: were
5: like, I was not in Maryland at the time. <laughs> I was.
0: Karen, do you have anything hidden?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a dangerous question to ask. Me. Oh.
0: Moving right along. <laughs> so. So. The calls takes a slightly sinister turn whenever uh, the uh, caller asks, you know, what she looks like. Because she said, she or no, asks her his, what her name is. Because he wants to know who she's looking at. Or who they're looking at. And... Suddenly, she feels slightly less safe, and finally, and the kill, and the guy starts playing games with her on the phone, and convinced, and uh, she drops that she does have a boyfriend, and he already knows about him because they got him ch- chained up on the back patio, which. Is one of the first cuts uh, between d- differences between the R-rated and the unrated cut. Uh, when Steve is uh, ultimately dispatched in the unrated cut, you get to see his guts come out instead of just his facial expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just remember, I watched that with my parents.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: I'm probably the reason they're watching Hallmark movies on a random (laughs) Sunday now. I'm just like, that's not going to happen in this movie.
2: There will be no evisceration in this Hallmark
0: movie. (laughs) That's Hallmark After Dark.
1: Hallmark movies and mysteries, get it right. (laughs) They have a whole separate channel for that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> De- De- Detective Jewel is on the case. Boo! <laughs> so, so eventually, case uh, Casey tries to get out of the house and is caught, and parents come home. I can't imagine your daughter being murdered on the phone, and then coming going. Hanging there from the church. Uh, the second. Big difference between R-rated and unrated. To get an R-rating. So. It's lower. in the body. But now it's just like. You know. Lightning fast.
2: Which I, I kind of found. And then we...
0: A little impactful.
2: A little more impactful. The way they they showed her death. Um because it was it was just it was so split second and just so slammed right into you and you're like trying to process it before they're already moving on. And...
0: yeah, that sometimes is a lot scarier than just to see it you know crystal clear
4: yeah
0: uh, there's a there's a great movie that's followed by two terrible sequels called Hell House LLC and mm-hmm. so much of what makes the first one terrible is everything that makes that movie scary is you barely see it, yeah, especially towards the end.
2: Yeah. So I mean that and that, that edit just, I didn't have a problem with. I, I thought that was a good edit.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, honestly, I'm kind of fine with both edits. Um, in the in the opening, just like I don't mind gore, but I don't know. It just seems like it's slightly more effective to not just see the utter evisceration of two people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, those those two edits didn't bother me. It wasn't until toward the end that I I had problems with
0: what they did. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so and interesting. And then we
0: get to meet our hair. Oh, go ahead.
1: It's so interesting because you get to, you see Drew Barrymore at the beginning and you expect her to be such a, you kind of expect her to be the final girl.
4: hmm
1: And then yeah. all of a sudden, you don't and they, it's not like he just murders her and you're shocked she got killed. You didn't even have enough time to care about her character, to be honest.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everything about that that end scene was so fast. And you, I mean, we were literally, so my friend and I were literally sitting in the theater just staring at each other like, what the hell just happened?
0: Yeah. Well, and Drew Barrymore at that time was still, you know, huge, you know. Time, was she still kind of a nameless name at that time? She was a big deal.
2: I mean, yeah. knowing yeah. that, and I mean the, the marketing for Scream. If you look at the poster, hers She's is the face. It. She's yeah. yeah. So we went into it thinking that Drew Barrymore was going to be an integral part of this movie, and we were just sitting like, what? It felt it literally felt like the the rug had just been ripped out from under us, and we were like, oh, we're in for it now.
0: Yeah, which is a great feeling. Yeah, and then we get to meet. Our heroine of the movie, uh, Sydney, played by Nev Campbell, mm-hmm. which was my introduction to Nev, as we established on the Craft episode. <laughs>
4: yes.
0: And reuniting us uh, and with another Craft star, we get to meet her boyfriend Billy, played by Skeet Ulrich, who delivered the most romantic line ever: "Of I was at home watching The Exorcist, and I thought about you."
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh, swoon. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I don't even. As much as I love The Exorcist, I don't think even I would be flattered by that. <laughs> Watching The Exorcist thinking about you?
1: Cool. You know, in just... retrospect, that should have been a red flag for her.
5: Right.
0: Y- yeah. You know, having seen this movie a thousand times, everything he does in this movie is a giant red flag. <laughs> yep. oh, yeah. Yeah.
5: I was just like, from the moment he was on the screen, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: although, I did try to watch it again with fresh eyes, and there are times he, he does look like he's, you know, like, trying to be innocent.
2: Oh, no. Better. I drove I drove my friend crazy, because I, I leaned over the first scene, and I was like, he's the killer. She was like, <laughs> shut up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. well, it's all
1: about the music, well, and too. It's such an
0: easy, uh, you know, yeah.
1: That was really, you know, the for me. It was there was a complete fake out because I initially thought the same thing. I thought, well, it's going to be him. It's obvious it's going to be him. And the movie spent so much time really convincing you it wasn't him mm-hmm. just for it to turn out to yeah. be him. See, I'm a, I'm a horror movie nerd, too. and so the minute I heard
2: the music cue that started playing when they were making out, I was like, oh no, nobody plays Don't Fear the Reaper <laughs> as a makeout song. <laughs> There's
0: that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. speak for yourself, but...
2: <laughs> I don't care how slow you make it, it's not sexy. <laughs>
0: it mentions Romeo and Juliet. I mean... <laughs>
2: Uh-huh, yeah, or Together in Eternity. <laughs> I was like, well, damn, every... Wes, you didn't even fool around on this one. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's for every every moment that the movie tries to convince you that uh, Billy is not the killer, it's also every chance he gets to saying, Billy is the killer.
4: Billy is the killer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also, but for the Christmas, moment, you know... Really,
2: thank you, Black Christmas. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: <Ugh>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I still need to see the new one.
3: Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's technically uh, a chick flick. Took...
2: It is.
0: Yeah, it's
5: it, Definitely it a is. chick flick.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I had no interest in seeing the new one, and then... April Wolf who was one of the co-writers took so much shit from dude bros on uh, on social media I'm like well I'm going to have to go uh, oh, really? see this to restore to the balance yeah. yeah yeah. it's just like thanks internet bullies for making me have to go support a movie I didn't want to go see in the first place
2: well I mean, in <laughs> all fairness that's why I watched the Ghostbusters remake and I actually really like the Ghostbusters remake so. I love that movie <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> it's really uh, fun m- m- my my undying love for uh Kristen Wiig is why I went to see the Ghostbusters remake. So she
2: yeah, she and Leslie uh Leslie Jones were the two best of that movie.
4: Oh no, no,
2: no, no, no. no. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. yeah. Oh I yeah, played. Kate
0: McKinnon. I
4: love Kate
3: McKinnon. <laughs> I have a Kate McKinnon yeah. Funko in my office.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she,
2: she was so she off was the chain beard in that movie. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. We may, have to, we may have to do that episode.
4: <laughs> mm. <Ooh>. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Luckily, we're not limiting horror movies to just October, so I'm just saying. <laughs> we'll figure that out.
1: I'm so <laughs> glad. Is it, is it really a horror movie, though? It's more fun. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose well, that we don't have to limit Christmas movies to Christmas. Uh oh. Yes, we do. Uh oh. <laughs>
2: He has a fair point there, John. <laughs> uh-huh. So
0: this is the last episode of Surviving Chickplugs. Thank you all for joining us.
4: <laughs>
0: anyway. <laughs> Alright, so Billy comes to see Sydney. We're still on the second scene of the movie, guys.
3: And we've already um, spoiled it. Even better.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um to be fair, I warned them that we we were spoiling this. So, well we haven't totally spoiled it. There's
4: you well, know yeah. other things. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So Billy is trying to be a good boyfriend and not pressure Sydney into sex, but you can tell he really wanting to pressure her. But Instead of a NC-17 relationship, she asked if he would settle for a PG-13 one and flashes him off screen. So, uh, I loved in the commentary, Wes said, so many young men groaned at that moment when we didn't show the news.
4: <laughs> and some
2: women, too. Oh.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, So next day, Sydney goes to school. We get to meet her best friend, Tatum, played by Rose McGowan. Um, I kind of miss that era of Rose McGowan. You know, not when
3: she wasn't insane. Yeah,
0: yeah,
4: kind of. Yeah, I do too. Even
0: though, I mean, her heart's in the right place, but at the same time, she's a little yeah off. But anyway, here she gets to play the role of the best friend Tatum, who, you know, is the, your nice, stereotypical, spunky, sarcastic best friend uh, with her hair dyed blonde to contrast Sydney's dark hair.
2: <laughs> I love that they told her she had a her hair blonde. We can't have two brunettes yeah. in this movie. What?
0: <laughs> that doesn't exist.
2: <laughs> that doesn't exist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and... Well, in well, the least friend group between blonde. me and... Yeah, that's true. true. And I guess I'm the blonde in my friend's group with uh, our friends, right, Sammy? Uh, uh, I, don't I don't
1: know. I don't know if I'd say that. I think we all have our blonde like moments depending on the subject we're talking about.
0: <laughs> true. Uh, so, Cindy finds out that Casey and Steve were gutted the night before everyone like no one respectfully you know says they were killed they just uh, they gutted you know hollowed out i mean but that's
2: teenagers
1: i know i I don't know if that conversation was not an indicator about who was responsible i don't know what was because oh yeah
2: the the lunch conversation oh
0: yeah (laughs) oh
1: yeah you and billy
0: yeah yeah well, I, this movie does a really good job of making everyone except for Sydney seem guilty, <laughs> That's true. and and that is intentional. Like yeah. Wes Craven specifically wanted you to think, like the line from the trailer, you know, everyone's a
1: suspect. Everyone's you know a suspect. Who I never ever suspected though, uh, I never suspected. I don't know why his name is escaping Randy. me. Right I always say, yeah, Randy, because. I, I just, it never crossed my mind that it could possibly be him.
0: Yeah. Which is weird because Randy's the ultimate, you know, incel beta male.
1: Aww.
5: Aww. Aww. Well, no. Aww. Poor Randy. <laughs> no, I, I, I... warmed up in him more than I ever have watching this movie this time for whatever reason. Oh, here's the thing. I watched, you know, in
0: re-watching this movie, he was the character I turned on the most. Because I recognize so much of behavior I have been guilty of, and so many people I know online are guilty of, of you, you know that fake nice guy. And Randy probably is a nice guy, but he thinks by being nice, it's going to get him the, you know.
4: <laughs> I mean, he says he having... was like, "Do you
2: think my chance with Sydney is over now?" And it's like, dude, dude. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there was never a chance.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I, I I projected things I didn't like about myself on Randy, so mm-hmm. you know. So I guess that's why I saw him that way this time. I mean I can see you know, that. He he
2: was he was like the predecessor to the incel, I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah. He he's a pre incel.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I him. my favorite character for the record
0: <laughs> oh he he used to be mine too in the same way that Kevin Smith used to be my favorite director we own
1: I just loved his character because it, it's kind of this movie had it was it's almost like this movie was very meta it mm-hmm. It had this whole horror narrative, and he was the one that carried it through. And as somebody, like, I can see how this appealed to new horror fans, myself included, because he kind of walks you through the rules of horror films that people that were not big horror fanatics were not privy to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a
3: big complaint from some of the uh, super horror fans was the fact that it was too
2: meta. I just found that a refreshing reboot though i mean yeah Yeah. horror was so tired and trite by that point i mean god how many jason voorhees went to space y'all god damn stop with the sequels and so we get this movie that's sort of like a a (laughs) nice fresh (laughs) reboot and a, a a new take on things and i love the fact that it was so acknowledging of what came before and what was inspiring everything that was going on in it i just and it didn't I, even look at the
3: garbage. It looked at the quality movies yeah. from like the seventies and yeah. the eighties.
2: Yeah. And so I, Randy's always been one of my favorite characters because he, uh, all of his horror knowledge, so reminded me of me. I'm such a dork, and I was like, oh, Thank Randy.
4: Oh. <laughs> as
3: I as I said previously, if I was any character in this movie, it would Randy. be Randy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I am still very. I'm much,
3: not. I'm I, not even for a minute going to say that I. <laughs> Have anything in common with any of the female characters in this movie? <laughs> I,
2: I feel would, like I might have ended up being uh, Casey Becker. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just dead. I, I failed.
0: <laughs> I I would like to think of myself as of uh, you know Dewey, but with uh, Randy's horror movie knowledge, but just that utter cluelessness that yeah. Dewey has in this movie. <laughs>
1: Dewey Dewey is my other favorite part and he's the only other person also in the movie that I never suspected. Yeah. Like
0: Even that would be set
5: up to be a scene. <laughs> Honestly, it's like I it had been so long since I seen it, but looking at him in this movie and I was like, I had completely forgotten how cute David Arquette was in this era. Oh, he was so. I was adorable. like, he's so perfect. I was like, this is like he he plays the part so well. Like Uh, Yeah, it's so easy to see Uh, everybody in in the film. They play their parts really well, but he was perfect. He was perfect. Like I I just love
2: that. (laughs) Yeah, he he really was so good as Dewey, Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) and and I love his uh, when we first meet him. um, You know, he he, the the sheriff's department is there interviewing all the students as as they would like. Did you know Casey? Didn't you? And whenever they call Nevin and. And she's, you know, she says, hi, Dewey. And he has a, it's Deputy Lyle today. (laughs) And it's just like. Okay. He tries so hard. (laughs) He does. But, and one thing I love. Oh,
3: Oh, I was just going to say. The moment where Tatum is like. Basically emasculating him in front of yeah. all of his coworkers. workers <laughs> I told boss, you when and... I have
2: this badge on you treat me with respect. <laughs> <laughs> treat me like a man of the law
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like oh Dewey you just invoke their mom <laughs> exactly
5: yeah
0: um, but one thing is I love about Dewey uh, and his relationship with it with his superior is his superior never talks down to him or makes fun of him. Yeah, no.
4: sure. mm-hmm. um, yeah.
0: And we get to meet uh, maybe my favorite. Uh, I don't know. If, I guess it's a cameo, even though he has a couple of scenes. Henry Winkler as the uh,
4: oh, I love uh, principal. Yeah. Winkler is
2: Principal Henry.
0: <laughs> Watching it with my parents, my mom was like the fonz. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, which he actually lobbied to be in the movie. He wanted to be there. And uh, Craven was kind of surprised about that. He
2: was, he was a great addition. Um, yeah. And I, I liked that there was, there was even a hint that, you know, maybe principal Hembry could be involved in this. I mean, it wasn't yeah. I, cause I kept looking at him. I was like, the Fonz would never kill somebody. <laughs>
0: I could believe it. the Fonz, no, but Principal Hembry, <laughs> I could see him out yeah. a couple of students, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> uh, whenever he expels those two kids, you're just like he could just stab him with the scissors. Now. I know when
2: he was wielding those scissors. I was like, dude, yeah. I would, I would be very uncomfortable if my high school principal ever did that with a pair of scissors.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I see his point uh, because mm-hmm. it's the day after two kids, have, two students have been murdered and a nut, and a third attacked because, you know, Sydney's later attacked in her home by the killer in this costume. And these two jackasses are just running around in the school with the, wearing that same costume. I mean, it's something that would totally happen, but he was just, like not taking that shit. <laughs>
1: and that honestly that was the moment for me that kind of threw me off of Billy thinking that it might not be him because you're right this movie did a great job of making a lot of people look guilty and I kept thinking that you know the scene where she gets attacked and then Billy climbs through the window and his cell phone falls out of his pocket I thought this is just too obvious there's no way it's him like the movie can't be this obvious about who the killer is
0: yeah you know say what we want later about the sequels this script is like incredibly tight and you know even you know in its misdirection it's great
2: also my wife and i were cracking out when we were watching it last night we were like you have a cellular
0: phone
4: you must be the killer."
0: Well, and to be fair, it was around that time that people were just starting to carry cell phones. I so. know,
2: but it was just, it was so quaint. It was like, we're waiting to yeah. get the cellular records down. We were like, oh my
0: gosh,
2: what is yeah. going on?
0: We're on hold with Verizon. <laughs> it's going to take three days.
2: It's, we got to wait for this. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, all oh, Principal Henry's Principal Henry's line was one of my favorite lines when he was like, "Your entire havoc-inducing, eating, whoring generation disgusts me." And I was like, "Yeah, you pretty much got Gen X right there."
4: <laughs> yep, pretty much. You know us so and well. This,
0: and this movie has that cynic, that Gen X cynicism to yeah. it, you know, which you know, I know it's a movie, and every, and I know it's supposed to be heightened dialogue, but it, everyone here is just so. Cynical and so meta. Uh, My favorite being the cheerleader in the bathroom before uh, Sydney's attack, just basically (laughs) calling Sydney the killer.
4: Yeah,
2: she has uh, her own bubble butt boyfriend Billy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I just love it whenever she's talking about you you know the cruel and unjust world, and she's pulling on her hair at the same time. It's just like. Do you do you need to talk to someone as well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wasn't I actually she, really like that scene. Wasn't she Skeet
2: as Ulrich, Ulrich's girlfriend? I
0: don't know. Um,
2: I think the cheerleader was his girlfriend at the time. Oh wow! Yeah. Good job on getting that job. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> yeah.
0: even your SAG card. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and a lot of people, you know, that are in some of the smaller roles, we're just people hanging around at the time, because as we learn about Sydney's backstory and the death of her mom, we meet Cotton Weary, who is really only in this movie, is like, you know, on... TV montage, but he's played by Lee Schreiber, who you yeah. know it was before he became Lee Schreiber, the, yeah. uh, who we all know. But he was just hanging around, and uh, so someone asked, "Hey, do you want to just play this bit part?" And I said, "Sure," and it led to him, you know, spoiler coming back. <laughs>
4: yeah, he, yeah,
0: he had
2: quite a role in that movie.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> I I think at this time the only Movie that uh, really of note that he had done at this point was uh, walking and talking the Nicole Hollis in her film.
2: Okay, so the only movie I had ever seen him in at that point was Mixed Nuts. <laughs> I don't oh know God. if anyone oh, else the, has ever seen
5: right. this movie. the, yes. oh the Steve God, Martin. Movie? The past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was that was that Barra Efron? Yeah,
0: I've yeah. never seen it, but I. I've always kind of wanted to. Now it's, I have a new reason.
2: I honestly, it's one of my favorite Nora Ephron movies. It's very, I, I don't know. its It must have gone under the radar. It's got a great cast. I mean, it's got Steve Martin, Madeline Kahn, uh, Juliette Lewis is in it. Adam Sandler's in it. Liev Schreiber, Rita Wilson, Parker Posey's in it. Um, uh, Jon Stewart. Jon Stewart has a scene in it. Wow. It's got a oh, really wow. good cast. It's yeah. really quirky. It's really silly. Um, I don't necessarily know if Lieb Schreiber's character would be considered politically correct anymore. <laughs> um <laughs>
0: Um, I'm gonna point you to the movie we watched last
5: week. And... I, it's
2: it's kind of, well, it's not that bad, but it's kind of along those same lines.
4: I yeah, yeah.
5: yeah, I forgot all about it until you mentioned it. I don't,
2: I don't know how politically correct he is in this movie, um, but he definitely made an impact on me <laughs> from Mexico. Well, up. now
0: you got my curiosity <laughs> up, so I may have to go rent this movie.
2: Um, I, I, I strongly support
0: that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so So we learned Sydney's mom's backstory that uh, Cotton Weary uh, was arrested and convicted and sentenced to death for her uh, rape and murder. Uh, and Gail Weathers, uh, who is a little, is she a local reporter or is, no. is, is her no. show national?
2: I think it's national.
0: Yes, sure. Top story. All right, she... <laughs> Top story. <laughs> we can't call
5: it hard copy. What do we got?
2: Top story. <laughs>
5: <laughs> she looks fabulous, by the way, in this film. Okay. <sighs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> My first Is this where her and David Arquette met? Yeah. Yes. yes. It's so We're cute. Met. It's
0: so
4: cute.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was already very well aware of um. Uh, Courtney Cox by this point because I was watching Friends at the same, you know, at this time. But also, I saw in theaters her greatest motion picture performance in Masters of the Universe. With Do not make fun yeah.
2: of Masters of the Universe. <laughs>
0: oh no! I did not I see it in theaters,
2: but I totally I saw, saw it. Oh, saw I it. love
3: that
0: movie. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of a low key fan of that movie. because I you know, love that movie. <laughs> I just love the fact that that's a movie where the only person who knows what movie he's in is Frank Langella, and he just runs with it.
2: (laughs) I mean, fair point.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Everyone else is like super serious, and Frank Langella is like,
5: no, this is stupid. I'm dressed like a skull.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) We're going with this. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. The movie's kind of tainted now, because the guy that directed it, it was a is a cohort of Brian singer and mm-hmm. has had some of the similar singer accusations, uh, but as a whole, but that movie, I, I, I can just forget he made that movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I saw that in theaters.
2: <laughs> I was, I, I'm actually jealous. Cause I did so, not see that in the theater.
0: Yeah. Well, I was like a seven or eight year old boy. Whenever that movie came out, I was all about some meth. Some He Man, so
4: um,
0: (laughs) my parents are like, Fine, we'll go see this shit. (laughs) I think they were so happy whenever I could, you know, drive and go see movies on my own. It's like, Oh, good, we don't have to go see this. (laughs) So, um, Principal Henry uh, Hembry does, uh, he expels the two little shits that are running around and then meets his own uh, scissors-based demise himself, which um, <laughs> is one of the few suggestions Bob Weinstein made that actually helped the movie, because later in scene 118, which is basically the last third of the movie, or maybe even the last half, uh,
4: mm-hmm.
0: he had to find a way to get all the kids out of the party and Bob Weinstein's like, you need to kill someone. You have 30 pages where no one dies. And yeah. by killing Principal Henry there, not only did it eliminate a suspect, but the, at the same time, it gave him an out for later. Yeah. Yeah. Which, that was, that was sh- like, most of the deaths in this movie are incredibly shocking.
2: Yeah. Can, can we talk about the, the, uh, the little cameo? In
0: um, Principal yes. Henry's death scene? Yes. 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 <laughs> Playing Fred.
5: <laughs> well, he the scissors was... itself and their sound were kind of a little homage to begin with. And then yeah. we get that scene. So, yeah. yeah.
2: You little shits.
5: What did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, God. I love Wes Craven. I love him so much. Me
4: too. I'm
2: just getting to see him in that movie. And oh, my God, the way they dressed him up with that wig. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and
2: the
4: little yeah. hat and the sweater <laughs> I was like oh
5: god by the way and let's keep talking about Mr. Wes here because I have to say that one of the most cinematic moments in this film and I Isn't think it just cute? goes down in history is seeing Ghost's face in the reflection of Henry's yes. eye after he dies oh god, god it's so good? good I was mm-hmm. like oh my god forgotten all about that well, that, is a that was
2: completely moment. practical it wasn't
0: yeah. CGI yeah. gorgeous,
5: gorgeous. <laughs> oh
4: my god
0: Yeah, and I mean, part of me wants to give credit to the director of photography, but he also got fired on this movie for no discernible reason. (laughs) Oops. Like, in one of the documentaries, like, the original DP, Mark, I think it's Mark Irwin or Irvin, he's still kind of salty about this.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But so, right, yeah, that that but, is yeah. that is an
2: amazing shot. That to me yeah. is it's like right up there with um one of my favorite scenes from Halloween, which I won't spoil, but Wes Wes Craven and John Carpenter are, are two of the horror movie directors I will always consider so adept at their craft. And they they yeah. knew how to work a scene.
1: I have to say, the only one of the only things about this movie where this Not the storyline didn't make sense to me but I guess it just said something about Dewey's character because they have this town curfew and he's a deputy police officer and he's driving his sister and her friend to a party where all these teenagers are violating the curfew. (laughs) (laughs) Not just violating the curfew, they're drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
5: Well. (laughs) Because
2: he wanted to be the cool guy.
5: He he totally
2: was. Yeah. (laughs) Because you you kind of you you know Dewey wasn't cool in high school, and now he yeah. kinda wants to be. Yeah.
3: And he's trying to impress Andy's... Gail. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And also he is gonna be in that area to so he can at least keep an eye on things. I'm um, not well, but I mean, he, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. I just love As that a... he he goes in there and he said, "Well, I'm just gonna go in there and check on things." And looks around like, yep, drinking, drugs, typical teenage party, everything looks good here.
4: Awesome.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to go now.
5: Yeah. (laughs) You know what's funny? The idea of a town curfew seemed so ridiculous when I first saw this movie, and now after having been in a lockdown, <laughs> I, it's not even close to even being far fetched. And also, this... the, the kids doing what they're doing also so not not so far fetched. Yeah, yeah. right. But I was like
2: looking at it this time, going, "That's not a curfew.
3: That's
1: not lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. He, Only." Okay. W- Kids are phased by him being yeah. there. That says something about his character, because normally when a police officer walks into a party with a bunch of teenagers, they would all scatter, and everyone's like, oh, it's just Dewey, it's fine. Because
0: yeah. <laughs> they know, know Tatum's, it's Tatum's brother, you know? We don't have yeah. to take him seriously. Also, only one of those kids is wearing his mask.
5: <laughs> there you go. Exactly.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> Okay, so there, everyone's. So we skipped a couple of uh, really important scenes. Um, Billy is ultimately arrested um, for, uh, you know, under suspicion of being the killer because he just showed up at Sydney's house after she called nine one one because the killer's there. I mean, just a coincidence. I mean,
5: but. (laughs)
0: And then later we see him after he's been released in the video store where where Jamie Kennedy is probably has his shining moment of yelling. Everyone's a suspect and talking shit about Billy being in the horror section after being arrested for murder or suspicion of murder.
6: See, the police are always Mm -hmm. off track with this shit. If they watch prom Night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect.
1: Yeah, that was, a, that was another thing. I, I never... I was torn about Stu the whole movie, because on the one <laughs> hand, he's so clearly a psychopath. Like, he doesn't know about the choice Matthew Lillard made, or if it was the direction that was given to him, but I kept thinking, well, that's gotta be too obvious. On the other hand, he was so clearly a psychopath that I just couldn't understand him not having a part in the murder. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 I mean, he really starts showing his, he really shows his hand whenever he's behind, uh, Jamie Kennedy kind of caressing him on the neck, going, what's your motive?
4: <laughs> but the rest of the
0: time you just kind of see him as the guy's like, shut the fuck up. you you know, you, <laughs> do you want to get branded as the killer? Like he kind of plays both very well.
4: Yeah. yeah.
0: Cause on on one hand, at this point, he could just be clueless and just trying to be funny and it just failing all the time. Because it could could have gone either either way.
5: Indeed. Can I just say that that scene at the video store encapsulates late 90s, early 2000s culture so well. (laughs) Like, just, you know, everybody being at the video store, as soon as, like, they've got nothing to do except be at home, it's a weekend, so to speak. You know, um, because of, you know, they've Close down school and everything. Um, and just the whole way that it plays out, it just brought back a lot of memories. Yeah. 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 Pre-Netflix is what we did. Indeed. <laughs> and correct me if
0: I'm wrong, even though I've saw this four times this week, it's not a blockbuster, it's, it's just a mom and yeah. pop store, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. it's,
2: uh, it's no name. God. See, and sadly, I, the actual video store is long gone. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I don't have the nostalgia for Blockbuster, and I know for a lot of people that's the only option they had, but I had a couple of really great mom-and-pop ones, uh, like one a couple miles from my house, and then a couple, one just a few miles outside of the city we lived in, and they had great horror sections, um, and I saw so much stuff I shouldn't have seen from both of those stores. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember somehow... I remember somehow conning my parents into letting me rent Hellraiser 2 because the video box said unrated. Therefore, it's not rated at all. It's
4: not like, rated oh R. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> and then Easy watching movie. it going, what
0: the hell did I do?
4: <laughs>
3: my parents just left a note with the video store people saying I was allowed to rent whatever movie I wanted. So
4: nice. <laughs> wow.
3: every week it was like rated R... Horror movie section, please.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I yeah. couldn't
0: get away with that because the the people that owned the video store knew my parents, so I had to I had basically had to behave. Oh,
1: I just said parents and, who were not on the same page about what movies I was and was not allowed to watch. So anytime I wanted to watch something that was rated R or mildly inappropriate, I just had to ask my dad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but. Well, and also, I I probably would have gone back and forth between the you know the horror section and just the new releases. Going, oh, Siskel and Ebert mentioned that movie, and then I should go see. I should see that because I was that kid that watched (laughs) Ebert and Roper or or, Siskel and Ebert every week and was taking notes. I'm like, Mm -hmm. like Water for Chocolate, need to rent this Tarantino (laughs) guy, need to check out. So. I mean, and when you grow, grew up in rural East Texas, that's the only way I've learned about these things. Because uh, right. you know, they certainly weren't playing at my local,
4: you know,
0: <laughs> theaters. Right. Although we did get... Sh- Girls,
4: oh,
3: that's impressive! Nice. Oh. Uh,
0: and it was so funny that whenever they showed it, they they didn't have the balls to put up the poster, so they just and or the title on the marquee, so they just said "adult feature," but we all knew what it was. Ew.
3: <laughs> I'm impressed that they went that so far.
0: Well, I mean, we do have a porno drive-in just outside of the city limits of this yeah. town, so.
1: What? Yeah. Drive-in. True, an old drive-in converted to a um adult movie drive-in. I can yeah. only
5: imagine. There must be people. There must be some way there that you can see into that drive-in, and so many kids have probably like gotten on a rooftop yep. to see
0: um, these movies.
5: Okay, <laughs> That's not exactly to, what I not was
3: thinking.
0: Con- well, not to confess to anything, but <laughs> <laughs> where. Where it is now, you can't see anything because this what is left of the screen, because it's so just not taken care of. I, yeah. I've driven up in there in the day just because I wanted to see what the driving was like, and this, most of the screen is gone. Everything is just basically in this little building that I'm assuming uh, needs to burn to the ground to be cleansed of whatever <laughs> happened inside.
3: In other words, he trapped. <laughs>
0: no i i was an adult when i checked this out but the screen is this the screen is like 80 percent there uh but it's secluded by trees because where this place used to be was on a main highway and you could just see whatever was happening
4: (laughs) oh Oh. and so
0: they were forced to move because duh yeah but there is uh but there were so many people that would drive that particular stretch of highway, and if you knew exactly where to tune the radio to, you could at least hear the movie on the radio for a while.
5: <laughs> I can just imagine it's like some look, these little children. It goes, little Johnny and little Sally, who just happened to be on the freeway, see their first side boob, and their lives were changed forever.
3: <laughs> Car just happened I don't to think break it down was... in the wrong place. Oh, I don't God. think it was side boob
5: they saw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: i know so many people that actually did go back when it was a legit dri- when it was a drive through and i just feel like i don't want to know what you did i just don't mm. i just can't believe that
5: there's a porno a, a drive-in it just baffles my mind i'm like yeah. how is that even yeah. possible um, I've heard of
1: everything But you're for the privacy of your own vehicle Yeah.
4: Yeah, Oh jeez
1: You know
0: um, And (laughs) uh, not to bring up Joe Bob for the second week in a row But uh, (laughs) Joe Bob Briggs Was on Chris Jericho's podcast And talked about the Apache Drive-in So.
5: Oh wow Yay! We're
0: famous for roses and porno.
1: We do have a regular drive-in movie theater, also that shows normal movies.
0: <laughs> Not anymore. Closed. Oh. Yeah, Skyviews or Skyview or whatever it's called it's gone. Do what? This
5: is important Texas lore.
0: Yeah.
5: I love. I mean, it's been
0: around since it has been around since the seventies. So. Oh.
5: Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: So anyway, <laughs> back to the non-adult feature that we are watching. Uh, so at the party, uh, Randy's taking a poll on what horror movie they're going to watch, and instead of the ones he suggested, he they end up watching Halloween because I'm imagining that's the one they got the rights to.
4: <laughs>
0: but it is also the one that has that this movie draws the most inspiration from.
2: Yeah. But, yeah,
1: I noticed that because I was trying to figure out. Did you hear John in the commentary? You know, you mentioned uh, Sydney flashing Billy at that one point, and she kind of does it again in the room upstairs.
0: Well, she does a little more than flash him in upstairs. Yeah, they go all the way.
2: Yeah, but it lined up Our so perfectly butt. with what they were, what was happening. Yeah, on uh, Halloween.
0: But as the party is beginning. We get our first death at the party. Uh, Tatum is taken out by garage door, which <laughs> is uh, the next big cut that the uh, MPAA <laughs> made them make because in the unrated cut you got to see her head kind of get cut up in the smushed. garage door and the
5: yeah. So that <laughs> was totally in the smooshed, unrated cut. Because the, yeah. the, 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 okay. the DVD I saw last night, you see her head get smushed. Yeah, I watched.
3: Don't laugh at me, but I watched it on Freeform.
2: You see it a little more.
4: (laughs) Yeah, you Uh see. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, you definitely know what happens, but in the in the unedited version, you see.
1: You mentioned this being a parallel to Halloween, and I'd ask that question: them specifically not showing any nudity.
0: Well, Halloween has probably
2: trying to get the R rating.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: they were
2: already pushing it really far.
0: The, yeah, because the because yeah. the, no, no, the first just... several times, oh, go ahead.
1: Oh Dang. no, I just it had me curious because, um, he made a point to say Randy made a point to say that Jamie uh, Jamie Lee Curtis never she was never topless in Halloween, and then they did the same thing with Nev Campbell in this movie, and so I didn't know if that was a specific parallel I'm, he did
5: I'm sure
0: it was a little bit of both of the, the callback and also the trying to not get an NC-17
3: but I think also it's something that has kind of changed in modern horror in that
4: mm-hmm.
3: they talk about it a lot in Cabin in the Woods where you don't really have the virgin anymore
4: mm-hmm. um, yeah.
3: because how progressive we are as humans mm-hmm. uh, Mm-hmm. nobody really holds on to their virginity like that. And so that's something you can't really uh. count on in a horror movie, the same way that we used to with Jamie Lee Curtis in
2: movies like that. And I think, I think the abolishment of that sort of tired trope came, or at least in mainstream came with this movie, right? Yeah. You know, cause yeah. they made, they made a, a very specific point of showing, well, Sydney's Sydney's done what she was not supposed to do. And, and, she still survived, you know. I think, I think that it was it was probably the beginning of realizing that we shouldn't probably place so much import, especially on young women, on uh, the importance of virginity. Yeah, because then you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll fuck you, and then I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't think whenever she fucked him, she just thought she was going to have to later fuck him up. It just came natural. Yeah. Because
2: our girl, Um, she was going to survive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also the MPAA, you know, what they choose to focus on, you know, changes with times. And uh, I think Eli Roth said uh, that after uh, Rob Zombie presented the devil's rejects to them, nine times before getting an R, they were just beaten down. So it's <laughs> whatever they could just to get it and give them the R and move on. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: But, you know, at the same time, the nineties were still pretty conservative towards violence. Um, and
2: I think it's, I think it's interesting how conservative they were with this movie and how misplaced that conservatism was know um, yeah. We've been we've been talking back and forth about the different scenes and and what was different versus the R-rated version and the unedited version. And th- what we've talked about so far hasn't really been that big of a deal.
4: Mm-hmm. But I
2: think that with what they focused on toward the end of the movie, they completely lost focus and they completely missed the point. You know. Yeah. I think you know I've I've said this. Wes Craven was very focused on exploring the darkness of humanity and the realism of what humans are capable of doing to each other and not necessarily in the good way and with the cuts that the MPAA demanded they took away the the truth of this movie Mm -hmm. and that was these were two very human very vulnerable boys Mm -hmm. and you know they had a misplaced sense of invulnerability and cutting those scenes the way they did, we were left believing that. And I think leaving the scenes the way Wes Craven intended them to come across would have had way more of an important impact than what we got. Because it, it sort of made them seem a little a little invulnerable. And I don't think they deserved that. I think they deserve to be shown for the flawed, damaged people they were.
0: Well, after Randy delivers the rules of a scary movie, that's why she always outsmarted the killer in the big
6: chase scene at the end. Only virgins can do that. Don't you know the rules? What rules? You don't. Jesus Christ! You don't know the rules? Have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Big no-no! Big no-no! Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back, because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back? You see, you push the laws and you end up dead. Okay, I'll see you in the kitchen with a knife.
0: Uh, They get the call that Principal Hembry is dead, and everyone (laughs) flees the scene, the party, to go check that out, which uh, I don't don't know if I would do that, but.
3: Oh, you wouldn't go see a dead body?
0: Uh, No, I've seen. And this is free cell
1: phone cameras.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. Real life leak and <laughs> not think, instead a yeah. live leak.
1: It seemed like a writer's excuse just to get everybody out of the house.
0: <laughs> it, it it literally was. It literally was because um, Williamson, whenever he was writing the script, he knew he had to get everyone out. And whenever Bob Weinstein kind of pushed him into doing another murder in the middle of the 30 pages where no one died, whenever he killed Hembry. He thought that that's a good thing to get everyone out to go see their dead principal. So, so that pretty much clears most of the people out. There's still some stragglers because, you know, it's a party. Some people just don't know when to leave. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Randy's staying behind to watch Halloween, a movie he's seen a thousand times.
1: Uh, Sydney and Bill Reoccupied.
0: Yeah, yeah. Billy shows up and needs to talk to Sydney, and uh, well, they ha- they kind of have a nice heart to heart, and then she ultimately decides that she wishes her life was more like a Meg Ryan movie or at least a good porno, and finally gives in to Billy. And. They kind. She loses her virginity around the same time they're watching uh, one of the, one of the scenes in Halloween where the guy gets stuck to the door. <laughs> that, <laughs> always, that scene That's always
2: wrong. irritated me because the the one kid is like, "Oh, the blood is all wrong; it's too red." And I'm sitting there going, "You can't see any blood in that scene." <laughs>
0: I I literally watched that movie again last night, and I was like, yeah, there's no blood. There's no blood here.
2: There's no blood.
0: (laughs) I don't remember any blood in Halloween except for, like, on the knife in the opening.
2: It's a pretty, I mean, for what it is, it's a pretty clean movie.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And after sex, uh, Sydney is still kind of suspicious of Billy, which... I think Sydney, deep down, really knew Billy was one of the killers. Like, she just had that gut instinct.
1: So, naturally, what you do is sleep with the killer.
5: Right. I know. I'm like... Right right after she's done, I'm like, why? What? (laughs) Yeah.
0: That was fun. By the way, you killed a bunch of people, right? (laughs) Friends.
2: It always made me wonder, what was so bad about... (laughs) Billy's performance that she was like <laughs> you know
4: I'm <laughs> yeah, um, really yeah. <laughs> he,
0: he didn't quite prove your innocence if you know what I mean <laughs> 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 but we get the ultimate fake out where Ghostface shows up and stabs Billy which uh, first time seeing it that was a great fake out, because you thought, oh, maybe, maybe he, Billy really wasn't the killer.
3: Nope. <laughs> and the me. blood the blood was a little too red.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that time the blood
2: was a little too red. Just,
0: well, I, the first time you didn't pay attention to that, or at least I did, now, on subsequent viewings, yeah.
5: Question for you, that scene yeah. where that you folks are just talking about where he mentions that, that Halloween scene about the blood not looking red enough, or what was it? What was the line again?
2: It's all wrong, the blood is too
5: red. So that was (laughs) right before this, wasn't it? Yeah, it's all right there laid out. (laughs) Yep, Mm
1: -hmm.
5: yep. <laughs> it, you know, it's yeah well
0: I mean, it's the it's this scene you know that, well it's this script that made me think Kevin Williamson was a genius writer. it's most of the other things it's he everything did else and,
3: that and, made you realize
0: yeah it's <laughs> it's the Brian singer role you, you you get lucky now and then and put out a masterpiece
5: true, well
1: the yeah. the parallels were just absolutely brilliant because everything happened in sequence they talk about the blood they talk about the rules of horror movies and how the virgin always has to live and be the final girl and so as soon as she loses her virginity the killer comes in as her excuse but at the same time it's kind of nice and what's brilliant about the movie is they sort of break that trope because Mm -hmm. even though she lost her virginity she's still the final girl I mean if if you yeah. want to get specific? There is still a virgin who lives.
4: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: Because my favorite line in the entire movie was, "I never <laughs> thought I'd be so glad to be a virgin." <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and oh, and man. you know, for as tight and as and for as tight and as clever as the script is, you have to remember, Williamson wrote this in like three days in like a fit of desperation because he was pretty close to homeless like he wasn't getting you know the jobs he was hoping for like this was like his hail mary and it it worked
2: okay williamson wrote it in three days but i am willing to bet bank that this lived with him for a very long time he thought about this a lot
0: I mean, we all think about dead teenagers a lot now. Yes, now.
2: we do. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: I mean, this was such a love letter. This was something that, you know, he was like driving to places, thinking about it. And, you know, yeah. Going to a pawn shop and thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Going to another pitch meeting for teaching Mrs. Tingle, thinking about it.
2: Oh, God.
0: Because <laughs> I was like, about that. <laughs> That was like his thesis script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Helen
2: Mirren, man. How did he get Helen Mirren in that?
0: Well, was that before Scream or after? After. After? That's how. <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: was that, you know. was, that was before America knew Helen Mirren. <laughs> That's
2: true.
0: Well, anyone that saw Caligula in the 80s knew her.
1: <laughs> and I, I knew her from About Prime that.
2: Suspect, so...
1: John, you yeah. never fail to miss an opportunity to bring up that movie. No, I don't. <laughs> you saw Caligula? Wait, what's Caligula?
3: Sorry, it's I gotta call Rob's Burgers wherever I can.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry, Caligula's not on the list because I can't justify it as a chick flick.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, thank God. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because that's the one reason, keeping it away. <laughs> Alright, so Billy's stabbed and Sydney uh, manages to escape by falling out of the window onto a boat and then finds Tatum.
3: Hey, I'm impressed she walked away from that. Because that oh, scene every yeah. time
2: kills me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm well, always looking I... at it
2: going, how did she not hit one of the seat backs? Yes! <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> she exactly- may have my my only thing is she's got so much adrenaline running through her. She you know, it didn't matter what she fell on. She's she's gonna be going for a while.
2: Also, they were they they were very lucky to get a dancer for that role. Cause yes. some of the things that she's crawling through and, and jumping around. I'm like, mm-mm. Even back then, my old bones would not have been able to get out of that. Bad. I would have just been like, "Kill me."
0: Yeah, it's like this is just easier. It hurts more. the The knife will hurt less than running.
2: <laughs> I quit. I'm, I'm yeah. good. <laughs>
0: uh, and then S- Sydney is the only is finds Tatum is and is the only person other than Stu kinda uh, that mourns the loss of. Tatum, because Dewey sure doesn't. Mm. But then again, Dewey never really has the opportunity, because he's too he's too busy walking around with Gale.
1: Yeah, and Dewey never finds his sister. I mean, I, I guess I never thought about that, because they don't even address yeah, it in the yeah. second movie.
0: Mm-mm. Well, by the time uh, they find Sidney's dad's car, because uh, the movie is trying to make uh, Neil Prescott into... The killer as a Miss you know as the big red herring uh, and whenever he finds his car in the woods, they go off running to the house because you know he knows some you know the killers in the area, whether it's Neil or at least someone framing Neil um, And Dewey investigates the house while Gail finds that probably my <laughs> The one character I would have saved for the sequel, Kenny, uh, finds that he's been killed.
2: I loved Kenny. I loved, yeah. I loved I Kenny. I loved Kenny. and I loved the banter between Kenny and Gail. And just, yeah. like, the little one-offs. Like, Jesus, yeah. the camera. My name's not Jesus. My name's not Jesus.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. W.R.O. Brown, who plays Kenny, uh, he's just one of the great character actors. Uh, he is. Been a yeah. lot of stuff. I mean, he was Warren in There's Something About Mary.
2: Yeah, that blew me away. I was like,
0: what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
2: But yeah, it, great. He, he was really good comic relief in this. And just, they had a really great rapport. I mean, I know she was yeah. supposed to be the big ass in this, but back and forth between them was great.
0: Oh, yeah. And he, he's got great, great uh facial expressions like whenever she talks about you know saving a man's life and what it can do for her book sales and he he just goes from smiling to oh
2: i know he's like oh there's a moment of humanity and gail damn
0: it's gone it's gone (laughs) (laughs) which we didn't talk about one of my favorite uh scenes right before that uh, sydney stalking uh, uh gail stalk, stalking sydney at the police uh station and then getting her lights punched up by
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> which as much
0: sydney as I Lynch. love Courtney Cox yeah i mean that that scene is so satisfying
1: yeah and she was this, so- at this point. she did it too she was what she was so calm when she did it
4: yeah
0: yeah. And uh, Kenny, his death is another one of the cuts. And uh, W.R. Brown, and I can't remember if it was Brown or Craven talking about that, of all the cuts, that was the one the MPAA uh, really kind of missed the point because they they cut it because it was too horrific and realistic. And he's like, that's the point. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And another great... uh, Comedic moment is as Gail is fleeing away, uh, trying to flee. <laughs> Randy just walks up to the door, hey uh, window, hey, what's going on? Just gets clocked
2: <laughs> <laughs> that big brick of a cell phone. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: oh man, that cell phone, man! You could prop a door oh, with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. My mom had one of those, like, or at least one pretty similar to that. It
4: mm-hmm.
0: was like a, the first one we had.
2: I didn't have that one, but I had the like the cell the flip phone with the mm-hmm. battery that was like twice the size of the actual phone. Yeah. <laughs> so you you could do some damage with those phones. You can't really do any damage oh,
0: yeah. now, but yeah. No. <laughs> the iPhone, you're gonna do more damage to the phone.
1: You can Google how to do damage with the iPhone. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. <laughs>
0: True, but whenever yeah, they you... Google those uh, cell phone records.
1: <laughs> I mean,
2: Google wasn't even around when I got my first cell phone,
0: so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Google, Google has been around in a, a lot shorter time than we all realize, because isn't it just now about 15 years old?
2: Probably.
0: Yeah. They would have to Yahoo search how to.
2: <laughs> Ask Jeeves.
3: Ask Jeeves. Oh, yeah. Alta Vista. Jeeves. Yeah.
0: Jeeves, how to murder re-cell phone. <laughs>
2: what is the cellular phone of which you speak?
0: Yes. Are you a drug dealer?
2: Oh, no. 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 Stop.
0: <laughs> you're you're right. Drug dealers had pagers. Uh... uh <laughs> Corporate criminals on Wall Street had cell phones. Uh, my bad. I got it wrong.
2: Oh, <laughs> my God. You just, oh, that, I love that uh, real world.
0: <laughs> All right. So, Kenny's dead. Gail uh, tries to flee, and uh, Sydney runs after her, trying to stop her, and Gail ends up crashing the van. And at that point, uh, let see, is this when Dewey is finally revealed to be stabbed? Yes. Yeah. 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 The first time Dewey takes a knife in this franchise, <laughs> which okay. I'm glad that they uh, decided last minute to make him look, to let him live.
1: I just was trying to figure out why she thought running back to the house was the best the best idea at that moment. Probably
0: because she knew there was some kind of weapon she could use for defense in the house
1: yeah, and a
2: phone. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Not only that, but, I mean, if you look at that property, there are no neighbors nearby.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. So
2: she's going to be running through a lot of dark woods by herself
0: for a very long
2: time. She's probably like,
1: screw this. I'm going back.
0: Yeah. This is a fixed location the police can find eventually.
1: Yeah. She looked at how far she had to run, and she was like, I'll take my chances with the serial killer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. On her way back into the house. Uh, Stu and Randy are both pleading with her for the gun, accusing the other one of being a killer, and she just is like, no, fuck you both, and locks them both out, which I I know we're about to reveal Stu as the other killer, but why didn't Stu take the opportunity to kill Randy then?
1: Mm. No weapon? He's a virgin, he has to live? (laughs) He didn't do anything wrong wrong to him? I don't know.
0: Oh, I I have a feeling, Stu uh, and Billy negotiated on who got to kill Randy.
1: Yeah, you know, that was, I mean, honestly, this scene is, I think, one of the most brilliant pieces of writing. Because what I loved about it was they spend a lot of time talking about motive in the movie. And Billy acts like he doesn't have a motive. But he actually does have a motive. He's angry at Sydney because her mother slept with his father, which caused his mother to abandon him. We're on so that's like that is one type of psychotic killer that the movie represents. And then you have Stu on the other hand, which is just doing it because he thinks he's it's fun. Like he's a complete so- other type of psychopath who actually has no motive.
0: Well, and Stu is trying to be Billy. He wants to be as cool as Billy is, you know, but he's just not. So, but he's just there along for the ride. Now, I I had a shower thought about uh, Maureen Prescott's death. Billy and Stu confessed to killing her a year ago. That seems like a long game to set up, you know, to kill her and then set up these events because. She was dead, and a different guy who got pinned for it and is going to the chair. Why go to all of this trouble?
3: Well, I think at first they want to see if they can actually get away with it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Maybe they liked it and they just got bored, so they decided to plan a whole new series of murders.
0: Yeah. Also, how long have Billy and Sydney been in a relationship? Were they dating at that point? Is it ever
4: before really
3: before mom died for sure? Because he talked about how before she died they were going toward that NC seventeen relationship.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-mm.
2: Yeah, that was that was always one of my I don't want to say issues with the movie, but
4: yeah.
2: it it always got me. There's a great line in one of the audio commentaries from Run Elm Street. Um, Amanda Weiss, who played Tina Gray, called the kids in Elm Street shelterless. And she's basically referring to how, except for Glenn, none of them really had parents taking care of them or watching them or helping them. And I felt like that was a really great description of them. But it was also, yeah, they were shelterless, but they were also sheltered because they didn't know the truth of what was going on. They didn't know who Freddy Krueger was. They didn't know what their parents had done to protect them and why everything had fallen apart with their parents because their parents weren't coping well with what they had done. And I always felt like, you know, we always talk about the Halloween influence on Scream, but I feel like that was one of the big influences from the Nightmare on Elm Street series, or at least the first Nightmare on Elm Street, was here we had these, these teens and Scream were also shelterless. But I always felt like Sydney was sheltered from the truth and if she hadn't been sheltered from it, if she had known the truth of what her mom had done, and you know, because you know Neil Prescott knew. I mean, there's no other reason why he would leave his daughter right before the one year anniversary of her mother's murder, knowing that she was the one who found her mom. There there's there is so many things wrong with Neil Prescott rolling out right before uh, the anniversary.
0: And the- The only thing about Neil leaving right before the anniversary is he may have a job that he couldn't get out of that. I
2: thought about that, but if you look at where these kids live, this this is a wealthy – this is a movie with a lot of wealthy teens. These kids are living in big houses, and and I feel like he probably had a job that was – he was very comfortable. He could have probably gotten out, especially if he had said, Hey, the, the anniversary of my wife's murder is coming up. I feel like he was also not dealing with it well because he probably knew what Maureen was doing.
4: Yeah. And
2: keeping that information from Sydney left her ill prepared to deal with the fact that Billy knew. Billy knew what his mom, why his mom left. And so I feel like this was probably a long, a much longer, long game than we realized. Yeah, he waited a year to to reveal all this, but he was probably playing this even before. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he started dating Sydney when he found out that Maureen Prescott was the reason that his mom left.
1: Yeah, because there's nothing to say how long between that affair and him and Stu murdering Sydney's mom. And I even questioned whether or not, I mean, the movie doesn't say anything to this effect, but whether or not Billy and Stu actually did something to lure her father out and it had nothing to do with his job.
2: That could be too. Yeah.
1: Just a theory. <laughs> well,
3: especially yeah. when you learn that he didn't even make it out of town.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So really, Billy and Stu are a lot smarter than we're giving them credit.
2: Billy, maybe. I was going to say, Billy's yeah.
5: the brain yeah. behind it yeah, all.
2: Yeah, Stu uh-huh. is just going along for the ride. It's fun. Yeah. Okay, Stu.
5: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Calm down there. Anyway,
0: <laughs> and we get the, uh, the the scene in the kitchen where uh, Billy and Stu are terrorizing Nev is also one of my favorites uh, just because... At that point, it shows what good actors both of them are because they, you know, they've been kind of playing dumb fun and just kind of the, you know, the boyfriend at that at that point. But this time they get to turn on the sinister edge. And I, I really like that. I mean, I don't know how y'all feel.
2: Matthew Lillard's uh, extemporaneous lines throughout that scene just still make me laugh. A ridiculous amount
3: yeah i will the best part of those scenes
0: yeah mm-hmm. and like you, like bond villains they lay out the plan that they're going to <laughs> that they that they have her dad uh which reveals what randy knew all along that he's going to show up at the last minute in the in the final reel <laughs> You know, he didn't have like, his not eyes. Quite, yeah, not
2: quite the same way he predicted.
0: <laughs> no, but he but he called that you know he would show up at the last minute.
4: Yeah.
0: And the plan is to kill Sydney, make it look like her dad committed suicide, and then they would get to be the victims that lived. And they start stabbing each other, not realizing how much that shit hurts.
4: Yeah.
2: And this is where and, I had the biggest problem with the MPAA's edits.
0: Yeah, because, I, and I think Craven agreed with you because, you know, he was trying to make the point that this is horrific what they're doing. And it kind of took some of the, uh, my brain's fried, but uh, lack, uh, you know, lack for lack of a better word, humanity out of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it It, it made them seem invulnerable. Although I, I always love the fact that you can tell that they're starting to slow down. You can tell that all that blood loss is really starting to, especially with Stu. Stu, oh, had, yeah. he just doesn't know what the hell's going on because Billy stabbed. Him. I mean, you don't see it, mm. but Billy stabbed him like, what, five or six times in the same yeah. cut. And he was, and he calls, he was like, going hard at it, too.
0: Yeah. And he and he calls Billy out. He's like, I'm feeling a little woozy here. Yeah.
6: <laughs> I like think I'm dying here,
4: man.
0: <laughs> well, and before. They can shoot Sydney, they discover the gun is missing, and Gail has shown up to save the day.
4: Yay.
0: Only to be thwarted by the fact that the safety was on. Boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> but
4: at,
0: but by that point, um uh, Sidney disappears and he kinda of turns the table on turns the table on them a little bit. Leading to my favorite exchange between her and Stu. Whenever she <laughs> asks what his motives are. Peer pressure.
5: you yeah, far yeah. too sensitive.
0: Yeah. Well, and preceded by my other favorite line, fucking hit me with the phone, dick.
2: I still yell that sometimes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> at that point, uh, Sydney shows up, uh, kind of takes Billy out, and then Stu comes back and gets his head crushed by a television. To Which Matthew okay. Lillard is still saying he he might be able to show up in Stu Five because in, in Stu Five, wow, scream Five, because yeah. <laughs> he's like I don't know if I really died. I'm like you got electrocuted.
2: Yeah, it's, it's always that noise that you hear right as he's dying. You know? <sighs> yeah, yeah,
0: you'd like, be, be dead.
2: Yeah. Sure, <laughs> would
3: be
0: dead. You'd be dead.
2: I always love that as as Sydney is pushing the TV over on him, mm-hmm. it's it's. Jamie Lee Curtis is Laurie Strode holding the knife. So as the TV is dropping, it looks like she's ready to stab him in the head.
4: Yeah.
0: It's like even this stuff that's just like incidental is just like as, like meticulously planned, and it's just so great. And at what Stu is dispatched, uh, she checks. Randy pops back up alive and thankful to be a virgin. Best
3: uh, slime in the whole movie.
0: Yeah. And Stu pops up and finally, uh, not Stu, uh, Billy pops back up and Sydney finally takes him out for good. And uh, then we get to the very end where Dewey's being taken to the hospital. So we find out Dewey's alive
4: mm-hmm. and
0: Gail Weather's getting to give her final eyewitness uh, report and credits roll.
2: I loved that Gail. Gail was the other final girl and mm-hmm. she's the antithesis of what a final girl is supposed to be. And I love that she never once strayed from being the opportunistic person that she was from start to finish. She never changed from that. And she still was the one of the final girls. I always love that. Yeah. Also Courtney Cox. <laughs> yes.
0: And that's something that, you know, I know we're not discussing, the sequels on this episode on this episode, but um, she carries that throughout the entire series. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. who she is. She, you know, deep down, she is a good person, but at the same time, she is who she is.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was so, I love the exchange between Sydney and Gail after Sydney's punched her. And this, the next morning and Sydney's been yeah. thinking about all this and she wants to talk about something with Gail and she mm. says, "You owe me." And Gail's Gail's like, "I owe you shit." And then Sydney says, "You owe my mother."
4: Uh-huh. And yeah.
2: you see that moment where, even though she might not want to, she very begrudgingly accepts, "Yes, I do." Yeah. And so she she gives Sydney that moment because she knows she's about to become very famous
0: mm. because of this book. There's this part of me that wishes they had made it a real book. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they they actually sold the um the books that they created for the movies they sold them autographed by some of the cast really um, yeah for a lot of money yeah <laughs> um but they had the woodsboro murders um they did a copy of sydney's book from scream 4 And i think one of the other books that that gail was supposed to have written um, Autograph and Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox and David Arquette had autographed them.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess we're going to ask the obvious question um, Did we survive Scream? Um, it's the mark this time.
5: <laughs> For the most part, yes. Yes. There's part of me that has a bit of a love hate relationship with this film because of everything it brought on afterwards Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the jump scare became like so popular in films that i was so tired of it like by the time the era was done um they they tried so hard to copy this movie over and over and over and over and over again unfortunately but i'm glad with the subsequent movies like it just kept doing its own thing it was it had its own flavor, thankfully. It didn't have to try to copy those films, so that was a good thing. Um, hmm. And I'm looking forward to the new one, actually. I, I've actually, I honestly lost track a little bit of where we last left that, and I don't even remember if I saw the last movie or not, which is kind of sad. So <laughs>
3: I did, but so I don't know it, if it's any consolation.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
4: okay, so maybe
5: that's that's the problem. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, I. But I love. Uh, Again, I love that Wes Craven got all this love heaped on him again. I mean, it's like he restarted this era of horror, and so many people flocked to them and went back and looked at everything that came before as well, too, not only his work, but just the whole genre in general, the big movies and everything. So, um, yeah, I love that it loved itself. I love how it ends up becoming so meta, especially in the next film. We see a lot more of that. So... Yeah, I I I'll, I'll I'll be positive about it, and say that. <laughs> <right>. uh,
0: Mindy.
3: <laughs> Drag those feet, Mark. <laughs>
4: um,
3: yeah, this this movie remains one of my favorite horror movies. It just has a soft place in my heart. Um it just I can quote it left and right and nothing'll top it, but also it it did so much for the horror industry following it. And so it moved us away from just a lot of the schlock that we were getting in the 90s. And so I have to at least thank it for that. And yeah, the jump scare sucks. I, I will absolutely give you that. Uh, but we've gotten some really great horror out of the 2000s and the two thousand and tens. and 10s. And even now, I would argue that it's it's led us to some great things as a result. Yeah.
0: All right, Karen, we know you didn't survive, but try to (laughs) be (laughs) gentle.
2: Yeah. I, I make no secret of the fact I love this movie. Mm I, I fell in love with it. The minute I saw it, Um, my friend and I, we drove around like for an hour after we saw this movie, just quoting it back to each other. (laughs) It's, it's so quotable. It's so memorable. It, it's so, reverential. It you can tell that everyone involved in it, the writer, the director, the the people behind the scenes, they love horror movies and that comes through and it's so great to see people finally getting their due, you know, Wes Craven and John Carpenter and you know, the tributes back to Hitchcock and it just ah oh, this movie makes my heart so happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sammy. Uh,
1: yes, I absolutely survived. Um, this is this is also one of my favorite horror movies. I am not a fan of the jump scare. And I, you know, honestly, I that's what I liked about this movie. I didn't feel like it had a lot of jump scares. And I'm way more a fan of the psychological thrillers. That's what I love about Blair Witch Project because it wasn't about the jump scares. It was about... It was more about what you didn't see. And I I like the psychological aspect of this. And I just think the way they blended comedy and horror was... It was perfect. It was kind of like a blueprint for how it should be done. Because, you know, a lot of... You look at a lot of the horror movies that are trying to blend them lean way more heavily on the comedy aspect. Whereas this movie, in the moments that were supposed to be horror, they actually leaned into that Hmm. and and it was um it was kind of a a perfect psychological thriller at the same time as having these moments of kind of like a comedic breath
0: all right my turn (laughs) um i got a question when did scream 4 come out
3: around 2011 or 12 like
2: 2011
0: Okay, so I probably have not seen this movie since then um, Because I watched it to death I watched Scream 2 to death Spoiler alert for that inevitable episode I watched <laughs> Scream 3 because I owned it um, But Scream 4, I haven't seen that movie since I saw it in theaters So my original opinion kind of was that it wasn't that great. And it kind of, I kind of put the series to bed for a while, but so dusting it off and bringing it back, you know, you know, watching it, I felt like I was a teenager again. Mm -hmm. I forgot how good this movie is. And I, even though this movie is burned into my brain, I've seen it so many times. Like I didn't have to take, a lot of notes for this film to remember what happened because I'm just like, yeah, this person died, then this happened, and this happened. But this is one of the movies that made me really fall in love with horror as a genre and what it could do versus, you know, it being that section of, you know, the video store my mom didn't want me renting anything from. <laughs> so, but I mean, this is just. A fantastic movie. So I very, very much survived this movie, and I'm so glad that I revisited it after, geez, nearly a decade, maybe. Yeah,
5: yeah.
0: So, um, so question before I get into something else with you guys, but w- in Wes Craven's career, where does this stand?
4: Oh, that's are you, a tough is this, question. A-
2: this is my second favorite Wes Craven movie. Okay. Um, my first is always going to be Nightmare on Elm Street because it, it's just so great. And also he, he wrote it. Um, yeah.
0: But yeah.
3: I'm going to have to agree. Like, I don't know that anything can top Nightmare on Elm Street
1: from him.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. Nightmare is actually my second. So this, is, this one's my favorite
1: okay I'm i'm tempted to agree with you john i loved nightmare on elm street but i think this is a movie i'd be more likely to like just start at any point or watch anytime whereas nightmare on elm street i don't i don't think i feel the same way about that
0: yeah well seven year seven and eight year old john you know was like nightmare on elm street forever uh, but, I mean, even <laughs> Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street isn't my favorite Elm Street movie. Mine's the third one, which Craven did have a, a hand in it, but, I mean...
2: Oh, his, his script for the third one was way darker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can understand um, why they didn't go with that one.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: but I'm hoping, uh, you know, at some point I can show... Sammy parts two and three because I I love two, even though three is my oh, yeah. favorite. Yeah,
2: two's, two is two is a special uh, a special movie. <laughs> it's a
0: it's a fabulous movie. It is a very fabulous <laughs> movie. Fabulous movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I gave you guys some homework. Uh, normally we you know talk about you know things we want to shout out or plug or what whatever, but uh, I asked you guys to come up with a couple of suggestions because this episode is coming up. The day before Halloween, uh, unless my computer catches fire. Uh, so, what are a couple of suggestions that you would uh, that are on your Halloween playlist? Like your mm-hmm. Halloween essentials. Oh. All right. We'll start with Mindy because uh, you were the first one to jump on that question <laughs> in the group chat.
3: Okay. So essential Halloween movies. First and foremost, Trick or Treat. Like <laughs> I love Yeah. It. Yes. it is so. So much fun, so good. Um, then I would also throw in. Oh man, I would have to throw in some foreign horror because foreign horror movies are my jam. Um, so, yep. so, the Orphanage, um, mm. which is just one of my all-time favorite movies. It is just superb. Um, I, I
0: will. I will second that one.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I'd probably have to throw in something Korean um, but I don't know what off the top of my head like part of me is like do you go with something pretty like um, Hansel and Gretel or do you go with something fun like The Host so it's like yeah I don't know um, yeah. but then yeah that's, that's good enough for me that's a good start <laughs> <laughs> I can keep talking about this forever so yes
4: <laughs>
0: mark you got anything
5: well i you know what it's actually a good thing that i followed mindy because if i remember if we go back to when she and i were doing a podcast together i remember one of our favorite at least one for me that i remember recording with her is when we did the orphanage that was actually one of my favorite episodes to cover the subject and what we talked about so that is definitely right up there um i think we, we talked about like my favorites but again i would suggest um the Exorcist, your poltergeist, uh, that type of stuff. Uh, and of course, we're talking about Wes Craven. You go with Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, it's like you can't go wrong there. So uh, this is... The whole
4: set. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's
0: the only way they can get anybody to buy Freddy's Dead.
5: Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> oh. fair. Fair.
4: Yeah,
5: yeah,
4: true. So, um, I
3: like Freddy's Dead.
4: <laughs>
3: oh. Oh.
0: I'm probably the person
3: who does, but it's fine. You
0: and Rachel, well, yeah, I own it too, but I own the set. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But then again, I would if I could only get them individually. Yeah, I would. I would still own it because completion. (laughs) Yeah. Oh
3: no, I when I'm home alone and I like want to put on a scary movie, that is one of the movies I put on. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) fair enough.
0: Well, I mean, Roseanne's in it. That is terrifying.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. We try to yeah. forget that part. Yeah. Uh, Karen, you got anything?
2: Um. Well, we actually try to watch a horror movie every every Halloween because my wife does not like horror. Um, she's not a fan, but she will capitulate on on Halloween. Um. I've gotten her to watch Halloween. I've gotten her to watch The Fog. Um, I've gotten her to watch What Lies Beneath. That's a, a good sort of jump scare thriller. Um, one, one year she picked Hocus Pocus because she just wasn't feeling the uh, <laughs> the horror movie vibe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always go for the classics. I, I love exorcist and poltergeist and you know, all the, all the, I, I, one of my favorite non-traditional West Craven movies is the people under the stairs.
3: Oh my God. I love that movie.
2: I love that movie. It is. If, if I had to pick a West Craven movie that wasn't scream or wasn't nightmare on Elm street, it, people under the stairs would be my next pick. Um, it's just so crazy. And so bizarre, but also incredibly grounded in what was going on, you know the the political uh, climate and the, the the financial climate and it, it, Craven was so smart, and he could bring so many different facets of reality into even the most absurdist movies. And people under the stairs is absolutely absurdist. <laughs> but it's also got so many relevant. Points and, and moments, so yeah, I think those would those would be my starts.
3: <laughs> I need to watch that again,
2: and that movie's so good, it really is. I I have it on Blu-ray, and I am not ashamed of that at all.
0: <laughs> so I have a confession to make. Hmm? I've never seen People Under the Stairs. I you would
2: highly,
0: it. I would highly recommend it. But I just hit up a uh, used DV uh, used game store that sells DVDs, and they were having like. A sale twenty for fifteen dollars. I got a two pack of people under the stairs in shocker for a you know. Oh my you
2: know, god, shocker! In that,
0: yeah, I haven't
3: oh,
2: thought of that in a while. It's <laughs> Pinker. Oh my god. god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sammy, you got the. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: you I. You know, honestly, I think what we watched last night was probably my halloween starter pack i think you can't not watch halloween mm-hmm. and um also i'm a personal fan of hocus pocus so that's on my halloween watch list every <laughs> year
0: yeah our friend sandy was that her third or fourth
1: time I to think, see like, it this month time to see it this shit <laughs> which yeah, i can yeah. do the same thing at halloween like that's that's just a classic to me you know they're getting ready to reunite yes
0: okay oh we are we are well aware good Good. We have been made very well aware.
2: Good, as you should. <laughs> yes. All right.
0: So for me, I'm going to do, um, I'm going to go classic and I'm going to go TV a little bit. Uh, I do think that, uh, you know, it's the great pumpkin. Charlie Brown is essential, yeah. but oh. I'm going to throw out a controversial <laughs> statement. I think the Garfield Halloween adventure is better.
3: Oh, that was a good
0: one. (laughs) I
3: haven't thought about that in a long time, but that was
4: better. Yeah,
0: that was. Rebecca McKendry, who hosts uh, Nightmare University and All the Colors of the Dark, uh, she posted about it, I think, last Halloween, and it's on YouTube. And I watched it, and I was like, this kind of is better than Charlie Brown. Uh, Also, you know, we just watched Trick or Treat, and you know billy's line of charlie brown's an asshole (laughs) (laughs) but in addition to that and like you know some of the simpsons treehouse uh horror episodes like especially the one with the shinning um
5: (laughs) exactly but
0: at at this time of year i also think about you know Watching the Universal monster movies, like the original mm-hmm. Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, yeah. I Dracula. currently have
3: Creature from the Black Lagoon on my DVR. Woo-hoo! Nice.
0: I I DVR'd that a while back, and Dennis Miller was the TCM host introducing it. Like, yeah.
3: Fortunately, that is not what I have. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Hey he managed to go five minutes Without making any kind of uh, Right wing rants or obscure References so good for him <laughs>
4: yeah, but I
0: it used to love doing this 45
3: really. minutes just to get that small Little bit of video
4: Yeah <laughs> so, uh,
0: Ben Minkowence Wasn't on set you know To keep him in line So, so John do we
1: want to everybody what's up on uh, next week because we're doing something a little bit different next week
0: yeah we're gonna do uh and uh, we're gonna get out our next episode a little bit earlier because you know we're in spooky season right now but we're uh, our next episode is going to be aimed at for a different nightmare the election <laughs> and oh. so because of that we're going to discuss election the 1999 alexander payne film with starring reese witherspoon so
5: nice.
0: yeah so that's um uh, that's what's a great quick on... man oh it is um so does anyone have anything uh that y'all are doing personally y'all want to shout out mark i know you're doing the
5: pink milk show yes yes we're uh we're right now um every friday night at uh 9 p.m uh pacific time uh we're going live with uh, pink milk uh, after dark um so it's me brian and emma um and uh we just discussing queer topics whether it be star wars or other things and so forth so we just launched last week and uh it was a lot of fun i was nervous but once we got in there and we got the thing going i was like okay this is cool i got this (laughs) that was fun
0: (laughs) yes yeah uh I, I was going to watch, but it, it was on at the same time as Joe Bob's Halloween Hoot Nanny and at the end of the day I
5: I chose like Joe Bob.
0: Well, I was holding out hope that Darcy was gonna get her wish and make Joe Bob do Halloween three and when that didn't happen, I went to bed like an adult.
5: <laughs> it's all good, you can still watch it on YouTube. <laughs> yes, and it's
0: and it's a podcast too, correct?
5: Yeah, yeah. It actually just got released today as a podcast as well, so that's great.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Mindy, Karen, y'all got anything y'all are working on that y'all want to plug or? I, for anybody I finished
3: doing. Oh, go go ahead.
2: I was just going to say I finished the haunting of Bly Manor. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> I totally intend to start that one day. Mm, mm. <laughs> Oh, or not.
4: Mm.
2: Did it rip your heart out? Yeah. <laughs> not scary. Just going to make you really sad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well. But not what I was expecting.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> mm. Mindy, you got anything?
3: I was just... Say for anybody doing NaNoWriMo, um, feel free to follow me. I'm Yiddy on their site, YDDY. I'm actually gonna do it and try to write a whole book, and maybe this time I'll write a whole book.
0: all right, yeah. Uh, Sammy, anything you want to talk about, real quick?
1: No, I'm good.
0: All right, um. And I actually managed to watch a non-horror movie. Uh, I told Mark about it. But I um, caught up with the most recent Pedro Almodovar film, uh, Pain and Glory. Um, oh. Yeah, for some reason, because I watch horror movies all, all year round, uh, whenever it gets to October, it just kind of feels like homework at this point. So I start <laughs> wanting to look at other stuff. And you know, I've been wanting to see that movie for a while. And um, it's very good. It's not as comedic as a lot of his films yeah. uh, tend to be, but it's definitely maybe his most personal
4: mm-hmm. film
0: to date. Because Antonio Banderas, if you know what Pedro Almodovar looks like, I mean, it's basically Antonio is basically playing him, <laughs> which yeah. the, which does make me ask the question: Is Pedro Loki trying to tell us he's tried heroin?
4: <laughs> you never yeah, know, but if <laughs> but, it,
0: but uh, if you if you like Almodovar, I highly recommend it. It's probably not my favorite Almodovar film, but that's that's a hard conversation that we don't have time to get into right now.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But good I think very my good. favorite's
3: the Skin I Live In. That one was so dark. <laughs>
4: that
0: one was mm. great.
5: That's yeah, that's a, yeah, that's right. It was pretty freaky. Yeah. <laughs> it was great.
0: <laughs> I go back and forth between Women on the Verge and All About My Mother, for which one I think is the best. Yep,
3: that's about Women the on the Verge is one of my favorites, too. But- uh, so good. Yeah. I oh, am definitely
0: making, I, I'm definitely making Sammy watch both of those at some point, so mm. y'all are going to have to come back and...
5: Yeah, those are great. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well... I don't want to do it, but I got to say goodbye to you guys. I mean, Mark, uh, Karen, Mindy, thank you for, you know, helping us out this month and talking some two great movies and sleep boy camp. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's been really together. fun. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. You, you guys are welcome. Anytime, any of those, any of the movies we have on, deck to join us especially some of those nicholas sparks movies i'm gonna need help <laughs> yeah
1: i'll leave y'all to that <laughs> <laughs> i mean i highly recommend them I, I
0: i highly recommended sleepaway camp and look where that got us <laughs> notebooks
3: does that count i'm i'm
1: good nicholas sparks worst movie is better quality than sleepaway camp <laughs>
0: um no <laughs> that's that's enough all right well thank you guys for joining us sammy thank you um for sticking this out with me and we will be back next week with election all right thank you for listening to surviving chick flicks this podcast is produced by john and sammy and edited by john be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere you can find your podcast.
6: There's a formula to it, a very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect.